Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear. I'm Lindsay, and this week I'm overthinking breast cancer with a very special guest, my friend Kim Starr. So Kim is the mother of my niece's best friend, Brooke. Um, They've been best friends since they were like in sixth grade. They're now freshmen in college. They live together. They've just been inseparable. So I've had the pleasure of getting to know Kim. She's absolutely wonderful. Just one of those people that's like unreal nice. You just can't believe they're so nice. She's really fabulous. And so over the course of getting to know Kim, I learned the story that she's going to share with you today that I thought was really important to share during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's just an unreal story of strength and tragedy. Kim is one of five sisters. And within the five sisters and her mother, four of those women have the BRCA gene. Unfortunately, two of her sisters passed from breast cancer. One of her sisters fought breast cancer and beat it. She's in remission now. We're going to hear the story of how it unfolded, how the family learned about breast cancer, how they learned about the BRCA gene and how they faced it. It's really interesting. It's really emotional. And there's a lot of information that we pack in here about prevention and risk factors. So it's educational too. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't thank Kim enough for sharing. So this is my friend, Kim. We're good friends. We both have naturally curly hair. She never lets me see her naturally curly hair as I much have. as I want to. No, you have not. In Mexico, I went to breakfast with You my had it in a bun. It was not let down in its full glory. Okay, okay. You got but she's there. so she's so beautiful with her straight hair, and I'll never I guess I'll never see it natural, but maybe one day I might. Maybe you know. one day. I can dream. I can maybe dream. Not in Mexico because it was so damn humid. If I I didn't see it in Mexico, I'm never going to see it. It's just like, that's the time your hair is natural. True. But it was a little unruly there. So yeah, it is. As a girl with naturally curly hair, I understand. So Kimmy, uh, Kim Starr, I won't, I will say your real name first before I continue to call you Kimmy. Kim Starr, who uh, we are both from Kansas City. She's now in Arizona. Uh, Do you want me to say that part or take that part out? No, you can. Okay. So, Kim, you grew up one of five girls. Is that right? Correct. Yes. No boy. There was no no brothers. Were brothers. Yeah. No Just brothers to be had. Correct. Did you guys grow up in Lee Summit? We grew up in Raytown. It's Raytown. Nearby. Yep, suburb of Kansas City. So. Okay. Okay. And can you tell me all the girls' names? Yes. Um, the story behind our names is my mom's name is Kathleen and my dad's name was was Frankie Morgan. So my mom and dad, they took the K from her name for our first names and then the M from my dad for our middle names. So first it's Crystal Michelle, Cricket Melanie, Casey Melinda, Kimberly Marie, and Clover Monica. Yeah. So like I said, you're like the Kardashians basically. A little bit in the name with the Ks. (laughs) Yes. You guys are exactly like the Kardashians. And lots of girls. Mm-hmm. And all all the girls, just yeah. like the Kardashians. Um, so you were second to the youngest in yes. the birth order, right? Yeah. Yes. What was it like growing up? Like, what was it like with a house full of girls? 
Um, it was good. My oldest sister is about 10 years older. So um, by the time I was old enough, you know, to go like do stuff and, and pretty much like remember things, um, she was kind of in high school and doing her own thing. So I don't, I mean, I remember her a lot. Um, she always was beautiful, grew up, like everybody loved her and all that thing, you know, all that stuff. But, um, but it was good. Like we, like most people, when they say, oh my God, five girls, they're thinking like cat fights drama. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. drama. We didn't have it. No drama. Um, I mean, I remember one fight that I had with my sister Cricket. <laughs> um, and it was pretty much a knockdown drag out. And my really, friend, uh, yeah, one of my best friends, Kelly, was there and we were getting ready for a softball game. And I, you know, the softball pants that you wear, the real tight pants. Um, well, I had um, like doubled it over, like the waist, you know, yeah, sure. pulled it over. And so she told me I looked ridiculous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh-uh, bitch. No. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, you better shut, you know, take it back or whatever. I said, I don't think I said take it back, but whatever. And um, so anyway, we were fighting. Like I like tackled her and we fought. But other than that, I don't remember like really fighting. We would have. Okay, so me and my sister Cricket, the one that I just told you about. We were so close, like growing up. Um, what was your age difference? Uh, cricket. Uh, what, was... what in the world? Did you just see that? <laughs> what are those balloons? I have no idea. I don't know what the hell that was. Oh my God. That is like freaking me out. Because okay, whenever... I'm leaving that in there. I when... do not know why the balloons just went off. <laughs> But you know how, like, when people pass away, you do balloon launches? Yes. Well, we did that, like, with my sisters, like, with Cricket. We haven't even gotten to that part of the story yet. I know. That's weird, though. Okay, that has never happened. I know. I just got goosebumps. I'm really confused. And, wow. Ow. Okay. Like, I have goosebumps right now. It's That's crazy. Wow. Okay. So, okay. I didn't even know that there's any kind of setting for balloons on here. So. I don't know. Okay. We'll come back to the balloons later. Okay. Cricket is how much older than you? Okay. So Cricket is three and a half years older than me. Casey was two and a half years older than me. So Clover's younger. And Clover's three years younger than me. Okay. And, and I'm sorry, I think we just, and I know Crystal's older. I just think I just interrupted your thought. The balloons interrupted your thought. You were about to say yeah. something about Oh, cricket. we were talking about their age. Oh, Cricket. Um, so Cricket and I grew up, um, like we were inseparable. Like when I was born, like she would, I always remember her holding my hand. She loved my hands and stuff. And then like, I would always suck my thumb. I sucked my thumb till I was in kindergarten and I would twirl her hair because she had blonde, beautiful hair. It was so soft. And so every night, like um, we had our own beds and bedrooms and stuff. I did share a bedroom with Clover, my youngest one, but everybody else had their own bedrooms. But I would usually end end up sleeping with my sister Cricket. And because I would suck my thumb and twirl her hair to go to sleep. So cute. I know. And so we would, you know, um, I'd always, you know, do that. Even like, 
just sitting next to her, I would, even if I wasn't sucking my thumb, I, cause I twirl my hair all the time, but I would twirl, twirl her hair, um, anywhere we were at. I mean, we could be sitting on the couch and I would just be right there with her. So her and I were pretty much like inseparable, even when she was in high school, like she was a freshman and she started, actually, she started having serious boyfriends, like in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And, um, so eighth grade, let's see, I would have been in fifth grade or so. So I would, you know, the little sister, like annoying sister, Oh yeah. always want to hang out and be with them. And she would let me like, she was like, Oh yeah. Like they were going to go to McDonald's or something. I'm like, can I go? And she was like, of course, you know, come on. So she wasn't like annoyed by me or anything. Like we were just, you know, two peas in a pod. So anyway, so what we were talking about is like, did we fight and stuff like that? We would have these like makeup fights, like make-believe fights a long, long time ago when we were really young. So Christy would be Casey's manager. Christy's the oldest one. And then Casey. Like the WWF. Like you guys were like having WWF. Yes. We would go into into the living room, which was in the front of the house, like a, a smaller room where you know, you really weren't allowed to go like sit on the furniture and stuff, you know, that was where the nice furniture was, but we would go in there. Like cricket would be my manager. Chrissy would be her manager. And then we would do these like fake fight kind of things. So other than that, we didn't really, or at least I didn't, I don't know if like, I think Christy and cricket fought a lot about clothes. Um, Cricket actually ended up putting a lock on her bed or her bedroom closet. So People, Christy and Casey, I guess, wouldn't go in and uh, steal her clothes. It's very but, Brady Bunch. It's like a very yeah. Brady Bunch episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So after home life, you guys, you know, obviously broke off. There was colleges. There was marriages. Um, at what point um, did breast cancer come into your life? Um, I just had my – or no – let me think. Yeah. I had just given birth to Taylor, my oldest daughter. Mm -hmm. And, um, my sister cricket, she was number two. Um, she was 30 and she found a lump in her breast. I remember we were, she came over and we went on a walk and she's like, I feel, you know, like this lump. And I'm like, you better go get it checked out because in college I actually had a lump in one of my breasts and I had a needle core biopsy and all that stuff. And it turned out it was um, like a, a fluke thing. It's called um, sclerosing agnosis, which is a buildup of cells that create a, like a, a, a tiny little benign tumor. Well, anyway, um, so when she said she had a lump, I was like, you probably have the same thing I had a few years ago, you know, but you better go get it checked out. So anyway... Long story short, she went to the doctor. They were like, oh, it's probably nothing, whatever. Biopsy came back stage two breast cancer. And so this was probably, this had to have been 20 this, years ago? Yeah, this, this was 20 2001. Yeah. Okay. So so that so that was the first the first experience. And how did that progress? Uh so after she was diagnosed, um, then they of course had surgery to remove the lump. She had a lumpectomy. And when they went in there, they also removed um, several lymph nodes to see if it had spread. And out of, I believe they took 12 to 15 lymph nodes out of those 
15-ish lymph nodes, three of them had signs of cancer in them, which means it had started to spread, um, which can, you know, lead to, um, you know, going to different organs and all that stuff. So, uh, which is called metastatic breast cancer. So anyway, but at this point, it was just in her, a few lymph nodes and very small amount. So she did chemo, um, had the lumpectomy, did chemo. And then after her chemo treatments were done, she was good. Like it, the cancer was gone. Like it, it wasn't detected. Granted, this was 20 years ago. They didn't have the tests and stuff like they have now. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then about maybe nine months, a year later, I can't remember exactly how long, uh, she started having this real bad cough, like a cold. Um, and it was like in the fall or winter, I think it was, uh, December or so. So her regular, she just went to the regular doctor thinking she had like a bad cold, you know, needing, you know, medicine or whatever. So, uh, anyway, that was like winter of 2023 or 20, 2003, sorry. So winter of 2003, she had cold symptoms, went to the doctor. They gave her like Z packs, all stuff. Nothing was clearing it up. Well, then in, I think February, she, they were like, well, let's go ahead and get an x-ray because none of these medicines are clearing it up. Come to find out she had cancer in her lungs. Okay. So, um, so that was February and then February or March. I can't remember exactly. Um, so then again, started the chemo again. Um, she never had a double mastectomy or anything like that first because it was, growing so, um, aggressively, they wanted to get the chemo in her as soon as possible to start. Um, because she would, she would have, she had little lumps on her head. Like it had spread everywhere Oh and it was very aggressive. So, um, so she did chemo for quite a while and then, and then, uh, um, passed away in May. Oh my goodness. So how, how long was that from when she was diagnosed to passing a few years. Yeah. Right. Like two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she was diagnosed in, I don't know what month of 2001 and then passed away in May of 2003. Yeah. So it's aggressive. Very aggressive. Um, at this point, your family knew nothing about the BRCA gene and that was not being talked about. You thought this was, it was an isolated traumatic incident and yeah you had this case of breast cancer in your family and that's what you were thinking, right? Correct. Yes. No other relatives ever had any sign or that we've known that we knew of had any type of cancer, not any type. Yeah. Yeah. Did the, the doctor didn't even really ask you guys about or talk about that at that point. Nope. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, first of all, I was like, it can't be hereditary. None of my other family members have had any type of cancer. So, you know, I like, I was like, whatever, you know, but that was always in the back of my head. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that, so that was the story with cricket. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how old was she when when she she passed 32, 32. So yeah. 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 And so how many years later did, 
um, your other sister get diagnosed? So Casey started having symptoms where she was getting a rash on her chest. Mm-hmm. She went to the doctor. They thought it was. And I'm going to stop. So I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Um, so the reason this is like, this is such an important story that I wanted you to share with everyone. And it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But this is also another part of this is I saw Kim a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago. I can't remember. But I had this rash on my chest. Obviously, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. But I would have never even thought my first thought because I'm a hypochondriac, but I mean, I first thought, well, maybe it's like a hive or something. And then my second thought was the story that Kim is about to tell you that her sister's breast cancer presented as a rash, which it can present as a rash. I think it's called vascular breast cancer. I'll let you explain it. But I had never in my life heard this. I had never heard this fact until Kim told me this story the first time. And if she hadn't, it wouldn't have crossed my mind to even think that this rash was anything besides a bug bite. It was a bug bite, but I'm just saying like the awareness is really important that this is how cancer can also present itself. So I just wanted to share that, that I do think that this information is really important. So I'm sorry, go ahead. Tell the story about your sister, Casey. So Casey, um, had a rash on her chest and, um, went to the doctors. They just thought she had some type of, uh, infection. So they were treating it with topical creams and then yeah, nothing, it wasn't going away. And this was like the fall, I believe of 2008 is when I remember, um, her first telling me, you know, like I have this rash, it's not going away, la la la. So come to find out, um, in the end of 2008, they ended up taking a biopsy of it because nothing was clearing up. Come to find out it was, it's hers was actually called inflammatory breast cancer. That's the word. I don't know why I said vascular. That's, That's the word. Okay. And so, yeah. So, um, but it was, it was just a, a rash, like kind of eating her flesh away. Um, she didn't have any big tumors that I recall that I remember her telling me about. Um, so anyway, when she got diagnosed, she got diagnosed at stage three, because again, knowing now that it's hereditary breast cancer, hereditary breast cancer is so aggressive. It attacks your body so quickly that by the time they figured out that it was breast cancer, which was only a matter of a few months that she had that, that rash on her, it had already spread so rapidly that she was at stage three. Yeah, that's scary. And the other thing I I had Googled inflammatory breast cancer. And the thing about that too is it sounds like your sister's Casey's rash was like followed up on pretty fast, but a lot of times people ignore it for so long because no right. one's no one equates rash with anything serious. It's like I'm using the wrong detergent, you know, exactly. and I I would absolutely would and you do that for so long that I'll, that most inflammatory breast cancer is in a later stage. Yeah. Yeah. So um and just F what like just for your information, the crickets did not present as a rash. Hers she actually had a tumor in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's so weird, but come to find out cricket was never tested for hereditary breast cancer. But so after we found out Casey was, you know, first thing in my mind was 
it's hereditary. It's like, hereditary. Look at had it, you know. So so we went to the KU Med Center and Casey got tested um, and came back that she had the BRCA1 gene, mm-hmm. um, a certain mutation. And then, you know, it was uh, her, her two negative. Mm-hmm. So which they said that part of it was good. But of course, the hereditary is not good just because um, usually hereditary means very aggressive. So so that was Jan. She got di- uh, tested in uh, January of 2009 and we found out that it was hereditary. Um, so. OK, so that was January. We found out um, she had a double mastectomy. It was awful. Um, because her skin was bad. So they tried to, she didn't get implants um, right away. They needed, they just sewed up her skin. So it was just, and they had to take all of the skin on her chest because it was all had cancer on it. So it was very traumatic for her. I remember uh, the first time she took a shower, um, uh, you know, when she took the bandages off, you know, she wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, so, so anyway, she, uh, it was tough for her mentally, physically. Um, so she, uh, did chemo. Um, she did radiation on her brain because she had ended up having tumors in her brain. Um, did all that and ended up passing in December of 2009. And so how long was that from her diagnosis? Uh, About a year. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you pick up from that? I mean, still to this day, surreal to to me. Um, I, I think I kind of dealt with it like um, kind of like, you know, they're out of town or something mm-hmm. <laughs> for years. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'll talk to him one day, which I will probably, you know? Yeah. So, um, but my mom after cricket first, um, because we were blindsided, we had no idea that it was even an option that she would pass away, you know, not even a possibility. Right. In a million years would, you know, she be gone. So, um, my mom had a really hard time with it. Um, we all had a really hard time with it, of course, but my mom, it hit her really hard. And then, you know, when, uh, Casey got diagnosed, you know, of course we didn't think she would pass away either, but in the back of our minds, at least we you were more prepared, a little more prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it would be that quick though, but, um, um, a little more prepared. So, uh, so just as like, I felt like my mom was starting to heal just a little bit, you know, from 2003 to 2009, you know, she got hit with it again. And, mm-hmm. um, and my mom and my sisters and I, we were all very close. So, um, it's, it was really hard. Yeah. You know? Oh, Kim. Um, I don't know. I know. I know. I, you pause for a minute. I'm going to take a second and we're both going to talk about, um, thank you so much for sharing this. I mean, so emotional and personal. 
Yeah. No, I mean, okay. there's nothing I mean, more emotional. I think um, if it could help anybody, anybody, you know, yes. Like I, and normally, I mean, normally I like on a daily basis, I really don't talk about it. I don't tell people, sure. you know, um, but like, I mean, and even people that I, you know, that I'm friends with that know the whole story and everything, we, we just don't talk about it. And yeah, sometimes I feel bad kind of like I should talk about it more, you know? Yeah. So, so this is great. Like it really is. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, so we're going to get back to, you know, a little bit about your family and coping, but I want to do a little bit of that education that we're talking about. And I bet you are more, I bet you are more educated in all of this. So um, I want to talk about the BRCA gene a little bit, um, which is something like, I think I first heard about it. My friend's mother passed from ovarian and breast cancer. And I, so I heard what the BRCA gene was. A lot of people know about it from Angelina Jolie. She kind of made it popular when she got a double mastectomy because her family carries the BRCA gene. Um, And it's spelled BRCA. And it actually just stands for breast cancer gene. I was thinking it was going to stand for something like that I couldn't pronounce at all, but I think it just stands for breast cancer gene. Kim, are, are my tracking so far? I think so. I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, but I think the BR just stands for breast and the CA for cancer. Yeah. I, I was like, it's going to stand for like blue whatever. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's esti- This is all coming from the CDC. It's estimated one out of every 400 people has a mutated BRCA gene, which I don't know if that sounds high to you. It's not. They say it's rather rare. Uh, about 3% of breast cancers, which is about 7,500 women per year, uh, and about 10% of ovarian cancers, about 2,000 women per year, are from the mutated genes. There's the BRCA1 and the BRCA2, as Kim mentioned already. I don't think I even know the difference of that. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, so you can get you can have breast cancer without having the inherited gene, but as Kim mentioned, inherited usually means it progresses much faster. Um, and about five to ten percent of breast and yeah, about five to ten percent of breast cancer is hereditary. Uh, so your BRCA gene can come from your mother's or your father's side. Uh, Kim's came from her mother's side, which we're going to get into in a minute. So men can have breast cancer. They can be the carriers of the BRCA gene. They can actually have, uh, breast cancer. And I think it, BRCA gene also causes prostate cancer. Is that correct? Do you know that? Um, I'm not sure if it causes it, but it's all related, related? because okay. your reproductive organs. So, um, I don't know. Do you want to get into my dad real quick, or do you? Are you? Um, yeah. Wait. Hang on. Let's see if I have any more on the BRCA gene. Um, okay. If one of your parents has a mutated BRCA gene, carries the mutated BRCA gene, you have a fifty percent chance of inheriting inheriting. Uh, the mutated gene, the bad BRCA gene that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see if we have any more info we want to share there. So BRCA genes 
on their own are not bad. When functioning properly, BRCA1 and BRCA2 repair your DNA and keep your genes healthy and prevent cancerous changes in your cells. When they're mutated or damaged, that's when they start uh, creating cancerous is creating cancer in your body. So that's just a big, quick kind of cliff notes on what I learned about BRCA. So before Kim and I start of launch into this uh, conversation about the BRCA gene and her family, you guys understand what we're chatting about. So after um, your sister's passed, um, it obviously became very uh, apparent that you guys needed to get tested for the BRCA gene. Is that, was it pretty much like right after that or how did that happen? Yeah. Well, okay. So fast forward, I, I can't remember what year, but in between cricket passing and Casey getting diet, getting diagnosed, my dad got diagnosed with prostate cancer. That's right. I want to say it was like 2006, but it may have been earlier in 2008. So it was between, I should have looked this up, but it was between, it was before Casey got diagnosed mm-hmm. that my dad had prostate cancer. And okay. I want to, I'm, thinking back, it might've been a year or so, but anyway, um, so we just assumed, oh my gosh, it came from dad because he has prostate cancer. And from everything that I had read previously, um, all the reproductive organs, um, are related. And so a lot of times if, you know, you know, you have, uh, breast cancer or, or if a a guy has prostate cancer, like he would be the carrier. So that's even like the doctors assumed it was him, Mm -hmm. but me, because I am like, well, I need it. I need facts. Like I need to know exactly. Um, I was like, dad, you need to get tested too. Well, this was when Casey got diagnosed. Um, we were like, we need to find out like, is dad the carrier or mom? Because you know, we assumed it was dad, but I was like, I, we need to know for sure. So anyway, he got tested or he got tested first, came back negative. He didn't have that mutation, the hereditary mutation. So we were like, well, that's weird. So then, um, you know, we tested mom, it came back, mom had it. Mom's never had breast cancer. Um, the thing with my mom, she never gets sick. Uh, it's so weird. Um, she was always around all of us. We had COVID all that. She never got COVID. Yeah. Never got the breast cancer, but she has the gene. But anyway, she ended up having a double mastectomy just for precautionary after, you know, after Casey passed away. But anyway, um, so, so we tested, you know, Casey got tested first. She had the BRCA1 and a mutated, uh, mutation. Then, so then we tested dad, he was negative, tested mom, she was positive. So then um, I was like, I'm getting tested ASAP. So I got tested just a few months after Casey, well, Casey was still alive. So in 2009, I got tested and I got, I was uh, negative. Mm -hmm. And at this point in your life, you had two little girls. So, well, I just had 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 Taylor. I just had you. You had, like, yeah, Brooke, Brooke wasn't born yet, but yeah. in your real life now, you have two girls. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, this has to be just such a heavy subject on your mind at care, you know, if you were to care the gene or not. Yes. Yeah. 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 I needed okay. to know for Taylor's sake at that point. Yeah. So, um, 
and for my own, you know, like yes. I need to prepare if I need, you know, because now two of my sisters have had it and like I was going stir crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tested negative. Uh, my younger sister Clover got tested and she tested negative as well. Um, my older sister, Christy, she, you know, being tested uh, to find out if you have it is very um, stressful. Yeah. And you would think, why wouldn't you go get tested? Like, you know, well, my oldest sister, Christy, saw what Cricket and Casey both had, you know, were had been through and what Casey was going through. And she was like, I don't even want to know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to live my life like, oh, and am fear. I going to get it because I have the mutation and you know, that kind of thing. So I totally understood where she was coming from, why she did not want to be tested. Um, I think it's easy to say, like, why wouldn't you just go get this information until it's put in your face and you're placed in the situation that your family was placed in, you know? And I tell you what, after I got tested, I, back then you didn't get your results for like two weeks. (sighs) I was a freaking basket case. I Fourth, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to call him and tell him I don't want my results. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I would change my mind. Like, what am I going to do once I find out if I have it? Like I was convinced I had it, you know? Oh, I, sure. So, um, and then, um, I have two cousins that are on my mom's side, my mom's, uh, brother's girls. Okay. They both got tested. One tested positive, one tested negative. Mm-hmm. So Tracy, the one that tested positive, um, she ended up having a double mastectomy. She never has had cancer. Um, uh, but she went ahead and, and had the double mastectomy and, mm-hmm. um, and then her mom, which is not related. Her dad was my mom's uh, brother, but my, her mom actually had ovarian cancer too. So she actually had a hysterectomy right. as well. So after she wow. was done with her babies. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so it affects not only your immediate, like, family, like your siblings yeah. and all that. You have to go back and your cousins and all Yeah, because your mom inherited it from somewhere. And exactly. yes. We so still yeah. don't know if it was my grandma or grandpa because none of them were ever diagnosed. And, you know, right. my, my... So through all of this, how do you think, I mean, this is such a hard question, but how do you think your family changed? Like how, how did you see your mom change? Or I know you lost your dad too. I mean, you've had so much loss. Um, you and your sister are really close. You and Clover are really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you yourself are like the sweetest person I've ever met in my whole life. Like you're literally the nicest, sweetest soul. So it hasn't hardened you at all. I mean, you didn't turn bitter or resentful. You just seem to live your life like with love. And and do you, do you see any changes in yourself or in your family? Yeah. Well, for me personally, um, I have a hard time getting really close with people Mm. like uh, because cricket and Casey, we were like the three musketeers. Yeah. Um, Even like right after college, even um, when I moved back um, 
to Kansas City after after college, I like we would spend every New Year's together, um, every Friday night, being so close to them, talking to both of them pretty much every day, several times a day, usually, especially cricket. Cricket and I, you know, like I said before, um, like we fell asleep together, you know, me twirling her hair and uh, all that stuff and just so close to someone and then losing that. Yeah. It's hard to, um, to, to get that close to someone because you're afraid, you know, they may, yeah, you know, they may not be there. And so sometimes for me, it's easier to like, I have lots of friends, you know, I love to go out, um, do things with friends, but once I, I, I do notice, and especially recently, in the last few years, um, even with my sister Clover, like you get so close and it scares you because mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to lose this person? Yeah. You know, and it's um, it's a really strange feeling, you know, even like it's not even like with my friendships with women, like I feel like they're going to get in a car accident. <laughs> it's not like that. It's just, and it's not like I even knew that I was doing, I actually just figured this out and I went mm-hmm. through counseling um, mm-hmm. about um, a year or so ago. I, you know, I was going through some other things and I just needed, um, you know, to talk to someone. So a lot of this stuff came up um, through that. Um, and I, I discovered that I do kind of hold those friendships that yeah, you're protecting yourself. Yeah. I can get really close to someone and then I, I pull away, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, awareness is always the first step. So that's good. Yes. And you are like the most lovable person in the world. So I feel like everybody's trying to be your best friend. So you could have a million best friends. Then you could lose some and there will be a million more because you're like the most lovable person ever. You're sweet. Thank you. You are. How is your mom doing? I feel like she's doing pretty good, right? Your mom's like super active and stuff, or is it all just like a keeping herself going. She's superwoman, honestly. Um, my dad passed away two years ago in August. Um, love of her life. You know, they dated since high school, um, been together and, uh, he passed away two years ago. Um, so her, you know, I don't know, right when you think she's starting to heal, (laughs) you know, you get those years, those five, six years, and then something else happened, you know, another, and it's not just something small. It's, it's a death, you know, it's a, a loss of a family member or, you know, some type of tragedy. Um, but she's so strong, uh, you know, she has her moments of course, but, um, like it's, it's amazing how she, you know, can go on. Is she like, is she religious? Is she relentlessly positive? Like, what do you think her thing is? You know? Um, She's not really religious, like in a sense of going to church every, uh, you know, Sunday or every, you know, week, but she very much believes in God and she believes in, um, you know, that, in heaven, like that she's going to, to see, see my sisters again. and my dad again. 
Um, I think that's what keeps her going, you know, like knowing that, and she has so many friends. She, they, she still gets together with her high school friends. Like there's a big group of them, like 15 or more of them that go to, they have these luncheons, these uh, Friday luncheons, like at least once a month, I think it's once a month. I've went to a couple of them. And they're so cute. My mom has like this little sign in book where everybody signs their name and she, they've been doing this for years. Oh, how cute. So, you know, and so when I go, you know, to the, I bet they're so happy that you're there. I bet they love it. They love Love it. it. it Yeah. That's how my mom's friends are. It's like when I show up, it's like someone famous came, not, not because I have a podcast or anything stupid (laughs) like that. I'm just saying like when one of the kids shows up, it's like, everyone is so excited. Oh yeah. Yeah. like they're so excited, I'm sure yeah. to see you. And most of these ladies I've known since I was little, you know. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Friends, I mean, you know, they've lost touch over the years a little bit, but um, they've always all kept in touch. And now that they have Facebook, you oh. know, <laughs> mom's friends. The most comments I get are from my mom's friends on yeah. my on my social media. I'm gonna be honest. Of like, yeah. I need that. I need yeah. that. Uh, I need that hype. Yeah. That's yeah. They're funny. Um, so she, um, don't get me wrong. She has her moments I, probably every single day, but she's so oh, strong. Sure. She powers through and she gets up, you know, gets out of the house and is always on the run and busy and, um, you know, loves all of her friends. Like her friends, I think, keep her going for the most yeah. part. Um, and they're also good to her because she's so good to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Like a lot of times I am like kind of jealous of her. I'm like, dang girl, you have so many friends and you know, and that kind of thing. So she's cute. She is really cute. Um, so we're going to go back to a little bit of education if that's okay. Um, and please chime in. So I think we I think we all know that women over the age of 40 should be having a mammogram, a mammogram, <laughs> a mammogram every one or two years. Um, I just started getting my mammogram. I'm 45. I just started getting my mammograms. And I really wish someone had told me how painful it is. Like, it is so I'm not deterring anyone. Everyone go get your mammograms. If you I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know, you got to get your mammograms after these stories. Right. But the smashing of the boob in between the plates is one of the most painful things that one of the most painful tests a doctor does. I mean, I'm sorry it hurts so bad. Don't you think? Yeah, it I mean, it. It's. They have to smash them down. <laughs> they like, have to smash that thing down. And it, and it is a smashing. Uh, but like no one told me and I left and I was like, why didn't anyone tell me about how intensely they were going to pancake my boob between those yeah. things? Because ouch. See, people did tell me like, they oh. Were like, oh my God, it's excruciating pain. So mm-hmm. I went in thinking it was the worst, like, you know, like childbirth or even worse kidney stone, you know, like, cause I yeah. had a kidney stone before. So like, okay. I did think that uh, it wasn't as bad as I was anticipating, but because someone told me how bad. I kind of did that to my friend. I scared her so bad that she was like, it was not that bad. I'd rather, I would just rather have a pap smear. I mean, I would way oh, rather yeah. have a pap smear. Yeah. That's nothing. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Okay. So if you're over 40, get the mammogram. 
Um, unless you have risk factors like Kim has been describing, then obviously they're going to give you some other kinds of things. Um, the risk factors um, are obviously family history. Then here are some risk factors that just kind of surprised me. Um, early menstruation before the age of 12 Late menopause, after the age of 55, these things put you at risk. Having your first child at an older age or never having given birth can increase your risk of breast cancer. So those all surprised me. If you remember, in Sex and the City season, I don't know, um, Samantha, Kim Cottrell, got breast cancer. And she was really mad because they had suggested, well, maybe it's because you never had kids. And it, like, really pissed her off, yeah. um, which does kind of piss me off as someone who's never had kids. Like, why? Why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, it's, I mean, I don't understand why, like, any of those risk factors, why having a child later or not having kids or having an early menstruation, like, all those things are just so weird. It's like... Why would any of those factors increase your risk factor? But I guess they do. Yeah. I'm not educated on that. I have no idea. I would just assume because, um, you know, like menstruating early, like something's going on in your body, like a little bit different or, you know, um, waiting to have a child like, you know, most or, you know, I think how it used to be people had babies, you know, late teens, early 20s. And so now that that's kind of changed and I don't know, now that I actually think about it, it might, I don't know. It might, it just, go ahead. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure like Fred and I, the science guy could explain it to us, but I mean, we don't know, but Listen to those risk factors if they mean anything to you. Um, having dense breast tissue, which I have dense breast tissue, <laughs> um, can increase your risk for breast cancer. If you do, they do like something kind of special, especially painful for your mammograms, I might add. Um, it just makes lumps harder to detect, it says. Um it's not really that big of a deal though. So some things you can do to kind of, um, low for prevention, lowering your, lowering your, I just like stepped on my, my lip when I was talking, lower your, uh, lowering your risk. Um, these are kind of things you hear about everything that it's like, this is what we all need to be doing is moving your body 20 minutes a day, getting that exercise, having a healthy diet, um, keeping your, your diet in a healthy weight range, lowering your consumption of alcohol and obviously drugs, that kind of thing. What surprised me, it was like, uh, hormone replacement therapy, which they called HRT, um, which is that stuff you use, or you might kind of you might think about using during menopause, it may increase your risk of breast cancer. So before you kind of launch into that to ease your menopause symptoms, make sure you look into it. Make sure you talk to your doctor about it because I had never heard about that. Have you ever heard about that, Kim? I have. HRT? Yeah. yeah. Well, and birth control, all that kind of, anything. All of it. Yeah. It's a hormone replacement. Right. Is okay. um, what I've heard from my doctors is that it can, um, you know, be a factor of create, you know, of causing breast cancer. So, okay. I didn't really know that. So, mm-hmm. um, good thing to think about some myths that 
I found, uh, well, I have never heard this one, but I'll go ahead and say it, that underwire bras do not cause breast cancer. Okay. I never thought about that. Um, the one that they said was deodorants and antiperspirants do not cause breast cancer. And I have heard that before. So I wanted to throw that out there because there's always that thing about wearing natural deodorants or not wearing deodorants, which I'm glad to hear because I was always just winging it, wearing the deodorant, taking my life in my own hands. And I'm glad to know I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. That's not a thing. Yeah. Not a thing. Microwaves are not a thing. Cell phones are not a thing. Don't worry about it. You're fine with all of it. Good to know. Good to know. Do you feel like you have any, um, like big secrets about breast cancer that would help people, um, through your, you know, experience up close and personal that I'm, you know, just that I'm not listening, listing from the CDC about Uh, detection or prevention or anything like that. I would just say anything that, um, feels different in your body, just like with you, with your little bug bite, the rash, you noticed it. And, just because you go to your doctor and they tell you you're fine, it's, you know, it's your detergent or you're having an allergic reaction. Don't, don't be proactive. Take, yes. Don't just take their word for it. Mm-hmm. You know, these doctors, they're not a higher being. They're not, I, I think they do. They're great. I, I love doctors and I have nothing bad to say about them but they are not a higher being and they are not all knowing. Yeah. I feel like doctors and I love doctors too, but I feel like they're, they're not always looking for the worst thing. They're always looking for the most obvious thing, which is, you know, the most obvious conclusion is usually the right conclusion, but, and you know, they don't want to spend millions of dollars on MRIs and all that. That's kind of, they're kind of lowering cost and things like that. But I think you need to go in with a mindset of like, what's the worst case scenario? Like, can you run some blood work just to rule out this, to rule out that? Because I think they're, in my experience, doctors are going to say it's your detergent or maybe you're on your period and that's why you have this or whatever it is. Like they're looking for the most obvious kind of lowest common denominator. Yeah. And also I think like your body, if something's going on in your body, you're, you're going to have changes. Like mm-hmm. you may start getting headaches or that's not even related to breast cancer or, you know, your, you know, maybe your leg is like stiffening up a little bit, or, you know, you're getting a weird twinge or, you know, these, these weird things that you would never associate, associate with breast cancer or any type of cancer mm-hmm. could be your body, you know, telling you that something's not right. So, I mean, I'm not trying to scare people or anything like that, you know, like little ailments that you have. But if you keep noticing that you keep having the same headache or you have, you know, and you go to the doctor and they can't figure it out, some you you just have to be your own advocate and you can't give up. Like if your body, if you're having a gut feeling or or, um, you know, you're not feeling right, there's something going on. And yeah. until you can figure it out, and maybe just your blood sugars, you know, off or something like that. But until you can figure it out, then I wouldn't take anybody, you know, telling you, oh, you're fine. You know, you, you'll be fine. Just give it some time. Because sometimes, especially with aggressive cancer, you don't, time have, time. Is you don't yeah. have time. 
You have to listen to your body and advocate for yourself. Yes. Yep. That's great and advice. Demand and demand. And I'm not saying the first, you know, visit that you're in there, but even the first couple of weeks, if, you know, the cream isn't working or the antibiotic that they gave you isn't working, then, you know, cause a lot of, like Casey, she was, she just took what they said, you know, like, oh, you're having, you know, this is just a, some type of skin rash, you know, and, and she, you know, knew or had a feeling that something else was, was wrong because she felt horrible, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. see, I've gotten into the bad pattern with my doctor that like, I'm now like the girl that cried wolf because I do go into every every um, appointment and I start everything with, well, I think I have cancer. And yeah. so they now don't believe me. I'm not trying to make light of your situation or your story, but I really am like, so I have cancer of my this. And then I like go on to describe my symptoms and she's always like, that's so funny. And she's like, okay, well, I don't think you do. I think we're going to do some blood work and see how your hormones are. And I'm like, yeah. okay, but I told you what I think is wrong and you're not listening. And then she thinks, you know, she doesn't take me seriously, which yeah. she shouldn't. And it's my own fault. I've worked myself into this situation. Well, you know. So find a happy medium. Don't do what yeah. I'm saying. And... Don't go all the way over here because exactly. you've got to be a say, keep, be a believable person. Yeah, just keep your your uh, you know your ailments and your your body in check. Like know your know your body, and if you start having symptoms, then figure it out. You know, yeah. and if you can't figure it out, keep going back or go to a different doctor until you can. Do you feel like you're, I think I asked you this when I was showing you my rash. Do you feel like you're a hypochondriac because of what's happened in your family? Or do you feel like you're in check? I was, I was right after cricket passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, I earlier, I told you that I had that lump in college that Mm -hmm. they did a needle core biopsy. Well, I got freaked out after cricket passed away. So in 2003, I actually went to her breast surgeon that did her lumpectomy and I said, you know, I'd, I've had this biopsy and it's sclerosing agnosis, but it's cancer. I know it is. I know I have breast cancer. Oh, yeah. Immediately she like I was in surgery that week and she took it out of me and it it was benign. It was the sclerosing agnosis. But she did say when she got in there, she thought for sure it was cancer. Oh, gosh. I feel like she should not have told you that like that um, is I mean, a scary I, thing to say. Well, it was, but you know, her thing was, she was like, and this was right after cricket had passed away. And she was like, your sister, she's looking out for you because I tell you what it had every characteristic, like physical looks of it. Like she said it was blue and it was, and she was like, I thought for sure it was breast cancer, but we've sent it to pathology and your, it comes back the exact same diagnosis as, as what your needle core biopsy showed. Oh, so, good. so yeah, yeah good. I mean, and I just know, feel like I'd be such a hypochondriac. I'd, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I did want to say, um, and I don't know how true this is or not, but like, because I tested negative, um, all the doctors that I had talked to had said that I'm at normal risk for getting breast cancer. Yeah. Don't, sometimes I buy it. Sometimes I don't. One doctor I talked to I said, because I did not like my body did not get that mutation from my mom that my chances of getting breast cancer could be lower 
than a normal person, which a normal person, I can't remember what it is, but whatever person mm-hmm. it was. So he was saying that my percentage, what he thought, because I at conception or whatever, my body kind of fought it off or something. Yes. I don't know. That's how I, yeah. he didn't explain it like that, but that's what I got from it. But still, I don't mess around. Like I still consider myself high risk. Like I get the MRIs, you know, every three years. And of course I get my breast, um, the mammogram every year. Um, So I don't mess around. But I mean, I don't know. Different things. That's what I'm saying. You can't trust because there's no, nothing set in treatment, you know? I mean, of course I wouldn't mess around either. I'm the biggest hypochondriac, but. If you think about it, it's like you either got the mutation or you didn't. You didn't get it. You are well. Like you are as the, you're in the same boat as I am who yeah. I did not get a mutation for my parents. So like you either got it or you didn't. You know, right. so I think I don't think you have anything to be worried about, which yeah. trust me, I understand why your mind would go everywhere. But yeah. I feel like you're I feel like you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, like after cricket passed away, yes, every little thing I was like, Oh my God, I have cancer. I have cancer. Um, but I'm not like that anymore. Good. Yeah. I'm glad because it would be very easy to be. Um, like I said, I am. Um, so is there anything you would say, this is a hard one too, sorry, to a family that is facing breast cancer or facing grief in the same way that you guys have? Um, well, we haven't touched on this yet, but my okay. oldest sister, Christy, in 2013 okay. was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh my God. I didn't don't feel like I knew that part. Yep. Um, she is breast cancer free right now. Okay. She went through. So she didn't get the she didn't, test. she didn't get the hereditary test, but then she was diagnosed with it in, in what 20, year? 2013. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I feel now we missed this whole part of the story. No, I'm that's so okay, sorry. This goes into what you just asked. Okay. So, um, so she was diagnosed in 2013. Okay. She had a lump in her breast. Okay. So it was more like the one cricket had. Okay. She didn't have a, you know, um, a rash or anything like that. It was a lump. Um, she went straight in for a, um, I think she had her double mastectomy first and then followed by chemo. Um, that was 2013. It's now what? 2023. Mm-hmm. She's healthy. She's mm-hmm. beautiful, like normal mm-hmm. and beautiful. Um, from what cricket and even Casey went through, there's been so much progress in treatment. Mm-hmm. Even the the treatment um, for your chemo. Like I remember Cricket when she would have chemo. Like I told you, we, Cricket and I were best friends. So I was with her almost every treatment. I was with her afterwards. She got violently ill after mm-hmm. chemo. Awful. Like I would cry and cry and cry you know, when I got in my car, you know, away from her because it was so painful for me to watch. Um, Christy too had a hard time with chemo. Chemo is horrible, but I, I feel like it's gotten so much better 
and the treatment. Um, Christie's doctors knew what type of chemo cocktail to give her. Like they've had, they've had years of experience now with this, that if you are going through this right now, have hope that you'll be okay. Christy, mm-hmm. it's now been 10 years. They say if you make it to the five-year mark, you're pretty good. Of course, you know, stay on top of it. Any type of symptom, whether it's cough, anything, go get it checked out. But I would say there's there's so much more hope now than there was even, you know. 20 years ago when this all started for you guys. Even, yeah. Even when, you know, Casey passed away in 2009 and um, it's come such a long way, you know. Um, so I would say listen to your doctors, but also listen to your own body. Um, a lot of people like Christy, she didn't at first, she was like, I'm not doing chemo. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it. I'm not doing it. And that's yeah. another reason why at first she didn't want to get the, the hereditary um, gene test. She ended up getting it after she was diagnosed and she has had the exact same mutation as Casey, of course. And like, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I, I just feel like, um, the treatment has come so far. Yeah. And so she decided to go ahead and do it. Thank God, because if she would not have done chemo, because what she saw Casey and cricket go through, um, I don't, you know, I don't know how she would be today, you know? No. So, yeah. I, um, her doctors talked her into it and, and, and said, you know, this could save your life and that kind of stuff. And and she did it. And I'm so proud of her. Yes. Hard. I mean, even though it's, yeah. kind of, it's still chemo, it's still, you know, putting poison in your body to kill all those cells. It not only kills the bad cells, it kills the good cells too. You yeah. Know? So, um, but yeah. So I love that. That is, that so, is hopeful. Yeah. So Christy's doing great. And she went to Mexico. My niece got married last weekend, October 9th. And she was there and we had the time of our life. We had so much fun. So we're already planning our next trip. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were in Mexico last weekend. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We left Saturday and came back Wednesday. How how fun. How fun. Um, Is there anything? So we're just, we're going to round it out back to the balloons. Oh. which was very weird. I have like, never seen, I've never even seen a glitter thing come across the screen. I've never seen any kind of like anything flow across the screen, any kind of whatever. And a balloon came across the screen when we first mentioned cricket. And that's so weird because your best friend, <laughs> my best friend. And we were talking about when I would suck my thumb and twirl her hair, if I remember correctly. And that was like, that is like my childhood. That's what I remember. And as soon as we started talking about that, those balloons went up. And at first I was just like, oh, she has like a background or something. And then, but then when you were like, what was that? Like, what was that? And then I'm like, oh my God, because. But I've never even seen like a cloud. I've never seen another kind of thing come across the screen ever. That's the only thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But. After Cricket passed away, we would do these balloon launches. Just, I mean, I don't even think we did it for Casey, but I know we did it for Cricket at least 
like every year on the anniversary, we would do balloon launches. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. She's here. She's here with you. That was so weird. Was that not crazy? I mean, I'm totally freaked out in a good, like positive, hopeful way. Like crickets here. I know. And the thing with the balloon launches, (laughs) just just so no one thinks that like Casey or my dad got the shaft for not getting a balloon launch. (laughs) She loved balloons. But but nowadays it's not healthy for the environment. So I think we stopped Uh, Okay. maybe subconsciously because it's not good for the environment. You know, Okay. I mean, I don't think there was really some much thought put behind not doing, you know, the, the balloon launches for them, but I just didn't want anybody to think we are citing, you know, like, Giving like Casey or my dad, like the shaft, or why didn't they get a balloon launch? No, no, no. Um, I think that's such a personal story. I just, I thank know. You and so I promise, much. Myself, I'm like, do not cry, do not cry. No, I know. I get so. Are you kidding? Uh, that, of course, you should cry. Wow. Well. <laughs>